Welcome back to the Podcast Positivity Show with your host, me, Marlena G. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about marriage. Marriage. What is marriage according to God's word? Stay tuned. Good day, good people, and welcome to the Podcast Positivity Show. We're talking marriage today, so pull up a comfortable seat and fellowship with me. We can't really miss the point that God views marriage as a sacred and highly exalted relationship. I have some really helpful and insightful notes from activechristianity.org today, and we're going to be studying the topic of marriage and what it is according to God. As Christians, we will at the same time realize that in order for a marriage to succeed and truly be a happy union, we do well to look to the Bible for some facts and vital guidelines that will help us on our way. A happy and fulfilling relationship. It's very clear that from the beginning, God intended the marriage union to be blessed, fulfilling, and happy. First, he created man in his own image, able to love, communicate, and create, and placed him in a beautiful garden where all the desires of a pure human heart could be met. But God's amazing work of creation was not complete until he made a woman. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Genesis 2 and 18. A helper, a companion, his equal, someone to share his deepest thoughts and return his unfailing love. When God led the woman to Adam, his joy was complete as he declared, This is how bone of my bones and flesh of my, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Genesis 2 and 23. Following this declaration, we read, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh, Genesis 2 and 24. Jesus himself repeats this verse in Matthew 19 and 5 and adds, So then, they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate, Matthew 19 6. The Apostle Paul again refers to the same verse, explaining that the marriage union is a picture of the great mystery, Christ and the church. Ephesians 5 and 32. A fantastic antidote to a very real problem. We can't really miss the point that God views marriage as a sacred and highly exalted union. Okay? See, most people realize that we are born as egotistical, self-centered creatures. Oh yes, I'm getting into it with an amazing capacity to look out for ourselves and for our own pleasure. This is a poor recipe for a happy marriage. Jesus offers us a fantastic antidote to this sickness in Luke 9 and 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow God. You can't be self-centered. You have to deny all things self. 
not just two hearts, but two wills. Okay, it's not about just you. It's not it's it's not just two hearts, but two wills. Let me say that again. It's not just about you. It's about the two and the two wills. To understand this better, we need to understand what it means to deny ourselves and take up our cross. We can deny ourselves things easily enough if someone wants to lose weight. For example, they can deny themselves the luxury of sweets and unhealthy goodies, but what Jesus talks about is clearly something much deeper than this. Denying ourselves has to do with our own will, our desires, wishes, and demands. That stem from our self-centered nature as humans. As a result of the fall, our own will is almost always contrary to God's will. In a marriage relationship, we will soon discover that not only that not only have two hearts and live and li- not only have two hearts and lives come together, what I'm trying to say, but also two distinct personalities, each with his and her own will. So it's not just two hearts, but two wills. And see, so you have to deny yourself. Um, in order to understand and come into agreement with your spouse's will as well um, and, and your spouse's uh, heart. It's no longer, oh, it's all about what I feel or what I think or what I want. It's two now. Now we have to acknowledge two hearts and two wills. Jesus also had a human will, but he said, not my will, but yours be done in Luke 22 and 42. Jesus chose to deny his will in order to do God's will. In Hebrews 10 and 9, he says, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. Jesus came to do the will of God in his human body, and it cost him his own will. He is our example in everything, so we too can deny our own will and do God's will instead. This will result in a happy relationship and an increasingly good marriage. So, um... You know, denying your own will and accepting the will of your, uh, um, denying our own wills to have what we want, what I'm trying to say, um, and, and acknowledging and also supporting the will of your spouse and the desires of your spouse, um, it, it makes for a happier marriage because now you're doing like what Christ says to do, deny yourself and care for someone else and someone else's um, life more than you're caring for your own. And so in doing that, um, you'll have a happy marriage and relationship. And also it brings you closer to Christ when you deny yourself and you live in a way um, Christ-like. Um, you're following the things that Christ has said to do. You're following um, uh, love love your um, wife as uh, Christ loves the church, as it says in Scripture. So when you're following that, it makes you selfless instead of selfish. If I was able to um, explain that correctly, hopefully I was. Okay, so now... We can enrich one another's lives. It is such good news that God has not changed his mind about marriage. In spite of the sin that came into the world, through the first couple, his heart yearns for it to succeed for us. So the first couple, who's the first couple? That's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve is the first couple who committed the first sin. Okay? 
So, and his love, God's love, has provided us with laws which, if we keep them, will set us free from our own human nature so that we can learn to love one another as he loves us. Human nature is a contrary commodity, okay? It takes so little for a slight misunderstanding, and that's true. It takes very little for two people to uh, misunderstand each other. A habit that we don't like, a thoughtless word, or a critical look to bring a cloud over our relationships. Human nature is so easily offended. And you know, in, in maybe in your own marriage, um, there's been many times you became offended. Like, well, babe, what did you mean when you said that? Or, you know, uh, are you saying you don't like my cooking? Or, you know, I mean, because I see you added some extra seasonings after, I, um, you know, I already told you that I had seasoned food. Or, you know, it could be any type of subject. That was just a silly little example. But what what I'm trying to convey here is, is that, a misunderstanding is easily um, easy to happen between two people. Um, and it's a habit that we don't like, of course, but you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's something that happens. We, we, we've made it a habit to misunderstand each other or, or take offense to uh, certain things that uh, our spouse says at times. So, however, Thankfully, we have God's word and laws to help us if we follow, for example, the words of Colossians 3 and 12 through 14. We have good hope for a happy and fulfilling relationship the way God intended it to be. Therefore, as the, the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. So as the elect Children of God, we need to put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another. And what that means is you need to have patience with your spouse. You need to have patience. You need to have a kind and forgiving heart. You need to have humility and meekness. Don't be so haughty, built up in your own opinions and and big-headed about everything. You know, oh, you need to listen to me because I'm right. Um, You know, listen to your spouse. Um, Be humble with your spouse, you know. So, um, long-suffering, bearing with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. This does not mean that we will always agree or hold the same viewpoint on every matter. God has created us as individuals with different personalities and ways of thinking. But we can encourage one another according to God's laws of humility, kindness, and mercy. In this way, we can enrich one another's lives and be the true helpmeets for one another that God intended us to be. Okay? When we're obeying God's word and when we're following how he says to treat our spouse and how he says to live our lives, we can most definitely be a successful and prosperous helpmeet for our spouses. You know, you have to have a relationship of mutual trust and faithfulness as well. You have to be able to trust your spouse, you know. You have to be able to uh, know that the both of you are faithful to each other and have that confidence. So are you giving your spouse that reassurance that you are faithful and that you are true? That is that is a very, very important thing. Um, husbands and wives need to work together as a team. 
you know, and learn to love one another more and more so they can grow together in everything that is good. Work together as a team. Don't be competitive. Don't compete with your spouse. Oh, I cook better than you, or I may sweep the floor better than you, or I may do laundry better than you because I separate, you know, the colors from the the whites. Don't be in competition. If you see that there's a weakness, a weak spot, or something that your spouse um, maybe is not so good at doing, why don't you teach them? Why don't you help them? Oh, babe, here, let me show you how to do this. This is the way that I think is best for this to be done. Or come on, let's do it together. However the case, don't be competitive. Don't make your spouse feel smaller than you. You know, always work together and grow as a team. You know, if the, um, um, if, if this is our experience, then we can truly say we have a happy marriage. You know, if it's our experience that we're working together and, you know, doing things um, on one accord, that's going to be a mighty great experience for us. And we're going to feel happy in our marriage, you know, knowing at the same time that what is good can always be better. Keep working at it because it can always get better. Okay. Um, we're going to continue to go into activechristianity.org's um, um, notes on this subject. And if we are not quite there yet, we have no reason to give up hope. We can have full confidence in God that we can get there. God still loves to create. And if we search out and follow his good laws of commandments, he will create new life within us. Then also in our marriage relationship, we will become a new creation in Christ, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, Ephesians 2 and 10. We're his workmanship, created for good works. So what good works are you doing in your marriage? How are you building your spouse up in Christ? That's my questions. How are you building your spouse up in Christ? How are you um, working hard in your marriage to make sure that you are having a godly marriage? Um, that you and your spouse are on one accord and you're loving your spouse as Christ loves the church. How? Those are the questions today I would like for you to focus on. Marriage. Marriage and what God says about marriage. What God thinks about marriage. You know? We're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I really believe I have something special to share with the world. And Anchor is helping me do that. And I love how easy to use their podcasting tools are. 
So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to Anchor FM Start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's Anchor FM Start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome back from that small break. Uh, we're going to go to the Light for My Path book, a little book that's one of my favorites to share on the show often. has a lot of scriptural resources. Patience. Patience. We're talking about patience today also. Let us pray. Lord, being patient isn't easy. I have my agenda for when things should happen, and I'm frustrated and resentful when they don't. Patience will come to me, though when I'm truly surrendered to you. So here I am. God, do what you want in my life, in your time, in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I know there might be a lot of you out there that are waiting on some things that you've been praying about. You're waiting on answers to some questions you've had for God. You're waiting on, um, you know, um, the right direction that you, you should be, you know, going on a certain thing that you feel God has called you to do. But, you know, you have to be patient because everything happens at the perfect time with God. You know, God's timing is the best timing. And I myself have to remind myself to be patient because um, sometimes I want things to happen when I want them to happen. And, you know, it might not be God's timing for that thing to happen. We're going to go to um, some scripture. James 5, 7 through 8. Be patient. Therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord, behold, the husband, husbandman, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and have long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So God is, uh, the Lord is being patient. He's being patient. He's waiting for his fruits of the earth. He's waiting for every single soul on earth to come to know Christ Jesus. And when everyone has come to know Christ Jesus, he is coming back for his saints okay first uh wait no not first peter let's move down let's move down some we're gonna go to galatians 6 and 9 that's a really good one and let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season for in due season we shall reap if we faint not let us not be weary and well-doing. Don't grow, you know, impatient or discouraged because you feel like you've been doing well for so long. For so long. And you just, and, and you seem like you haven't, seen, you don't see any results. You've been praying. You've been hoping. You've been believing. You've been staying in faith. You've been fasting. You've been praying in the spirit. You've been allowing the Holy Ghost to guide you. And you feel like, where, God, where is, where, where is my blessings? Where is my time, my season to reap, you know, my harvest? The Bible says in Galatians 6 and 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't faint. It's coming. It's coming. Don't fall out. And I can relate to this very much so. 
I've had to reassure myself not to faint at times. But God is faithful, and he will do what he says he will do. Okay, Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. See, that goes hand in hand with Galatians 6 and 9. About how we shouldn't faint. And then Hebrews 10 and 23 right here. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Hold fast your profession of faith. Don't give up on it. Don't waver. Don't believe it one day and then not believe it another day. Believe in what God has said. Stay faithful in it, in his word. Because he promises a good thing and he definitely will execute that good thing. It's just in his own timing. It's not when we're ready. It's not when we want it. It's not, you know, how we plan it. God has the perfect planning, the perfect timing. We have to trust him. Okay. So uh, we're going to also go to, let's see, what we have here. Okay, Hebrews 10 and 36. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. So be patient. Do the will of God. Continue to serve the Lord. And he will definitely, definitely give you what he has promised. Be patient with everyone, but above all, with thyself. I mean, do not be disheartened by your imperfections, but always rise up with fresh courage. That's Francis D. Sales. Be patient with everyone, but above all, with thyself. I mean, do not be disheartened by your imperfections, but always rise up with fresh courage. Always have courage. Be patient with yourself. Don't expect to know everything all the time immediately. Don't expect to be immediately immediately good at something all the time. Be patient. Be patient with yourself. Give yourself time to grow. Stay tuned for a break. Listen to the Podcast Positivity Show on Radio Public. It's free, easy to use, and helps listeners like you find and support shows like mine. When you listen to my show on Radio Public, everyone benefits. How, you ask? Because Radio Public rewards podcasters with the paid listeners rate. And for you, the listener, it's free to listen with no hidden charges, fees, or credit card signups needed. Listen on iOS and Android. Well, I would like to thank you for tuning in with me today on the Podcast Positivity Show. Come back again. I look forward to it. And that's all the time I'm going to have for the show today. May God pour out his blessings on you until we meet again. <music>